Close your eyes and let my words soothe you to sleep. Today's story is, and how many claws does Stewie have? Chapter 1 As I stood in the kitchen, checking off items on the list my mother had given me, I couldn't help but feel uneasy. My daughter's imaginary friend, who she called Mr. Pickles, had started behaving strangely lately. She would talk to him for hours on end, and sometimes, I swear I could hear him talking back. It was unnerving, to say the least, and I had a sinking feeling that it was more than just an imaginary friend. And how many claws does Stewie have? I asked my daughter, trying to sound casual. Four, she replied with a giggle. I checked the list again. For claws, that meant Mr. Pickles could be a demon. I shuddered at the thought. I had never believed in supernatural beings, but the way my daughter talked about her friend, it was hard to dismiss it as just a child's imagination. As I put away the groceries, I made a decision. I needed to find out what Mr. Pickles really was and if he posed a threat to my daughter. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew I had to try. Little did I know, this decision would set me on a journey that would change my life forever. Chapter 2 The first step in my investigation was to observe my daughter and Mr. Pickles closely. I pretended to be busy with chores while keeping an eye on them from a distance. They were playing in her room, and I could hear their conversation faintly through the closed door. As I strained to listen, I noticed that my daughter's tone was changing. It started off as playful and innocent, but gradually became more serious and somber. I couldn't make out what they were saying, but there was an eerie feeling in the air. This went on for a few minutes until Mr. Pickles suddenly stopped talking. My daughter looked confused and asked him what was wrong, but there was no response. Then, she turned towards the door and looked straight at me. It was as if she knew I was watching. I panicked and quickly retreated, unsure of what to do next. I needed more information and decided to turn to the internet for help. After hours of browsing, I stumbled upon a website that claimed to provide information on paranormal activities. I scrolled through the pages, feeling both fascinated and terrified at the same time. As I read through the descriptions of various entities, one caught my eye the demon called Pikmin. It was said to take the form of a harmless creature, such as a pet or an imaginary friend, and then slowly gain control over its host, leading to possession. My heart raced as I read further. The website listed signs that indicated the presence of Pikmin, sudden mood swings, hallucinations, and a feeling of being watched. My daughter was exhibiting all these symptoms, and it was clear that Mr. Pickles was not just a figment of her imagination. I knew I had to act fast. I searched for ways to protect my daughter and found a ritual that claimed to rid the house of demons. It involved burning sage and reciting certain words, and I gathered everything I needed to perform it. As I walked towards my daughter's room, I braced myself for what was to come. I didn't know if I would succeed, but I had to try. My daughter's safety was at stake, and I wasn't going to let any demon take over her. With sweaty palms, I pushed open the door, and the first thing I noticed was the stench. 
It was rancid, something like sulfur mixed with decay. My daughter was sitting on her bed, staring blankly at the wall, while Mr. Pickles was crouched in the corner, his eyes glowing red. I took a deep breath and started the ritual, my voice shaking with fear. As I recited the words, the air around us started to shift, and the stench grew stronger. Mr. Pickles let out a loud growl, and I knew I had hit a nerve. But I persisted, and soon the room was filled with smoke from the burning sage. The growling grew fainter, and my daughter's blank expression started to change. She looked dazed, confused, but then her eyes met mine, and I knew she was back. The ritual was over, and Mr. Pickles was gone. It was over, but the memory of that day would live with me forever. I couldn't shake off the feeling that our house was still haunted, but for now, my daughter was safe, and that was all that mattered. Chapter 3 As the days passed, I couldn't help but feel paranoid. Every creak and groan in the house made me jump, and I found myself checking on my daughter several times a night. I kept looking for any signs that Mr. Pickles was back, but thankfully, there were none. One evening as I was cooking dinner, I heard a knock on the door. It was a woman, dressed in a dark coat and a fedora hat, who introduced herself as a paranormal investigator. She said she had heard about our recent encounter with a demon and wanted to offer her assistance. At first, I was hesitant to let her in, but she had a certain air of confidence that put me at ease. She explained that she had experienced dealing with entities like Mr. Pickles and offered to perform a cleansing ritual on our house. I agreed, and she got to work. The process was more elaborate than the one I had performed, involving crystals, holy water, and various chants. As she worked, I noticed a change in the atmosphere. The air seemed to grow lighter and the stench that had plagued our house seemed to dissipate. Once the ritual was complete, the investigator sat down with me and my daughter, and we talked about our experience. She explained that demonic entities like Mr. Pickles were attracted to negative energy and that we needed to maintain a positive atmosphere in our home going forward. She also recommended that we seek therapy, as the trauma from our encounter could affect our mental well-being. I took her advice and made appointments for us to see a therapist. As time passed, I noticed a significant change in my daughter. She was more relaxed, slept better, and her conversations no longer included mentions of Mr. Pickles. I also found that the paranoia that had plagued me had diminished, and I felt more at ease in our home. The paranormal investigator had done her job, and I was grateful for her help. I knew that we would never forget the experience, but with her guidance, we could move forward and start a new chapter of our lives. As I looked at my daughter, smiling and carefree, I knew that the future was bright, and we had emerged from the darkness stronger than ever. Chapter 4 The therapist's office was warm and inviting, with soft blankets draped over the couches and calming music playing in the background. My daughter and I sat across from each other, sipping hot cocoa as we waited for the therapist to arrive. When she finally entered the room, I felt a sense of relief wash over me. She was kind and reassuring, with a gentle demeanor that immediately put us at ease. 
As we started to talk, I found myself opening up about everything that had happened with Mr. Pickles. It was a relief to share my fears and worries with someone who understood, and the therapist listened attentively, asking insightful questions and offering helpful advice. She explained that traumatic experiences like ours could have a profound impact on our mental health, and that it was important to work through our feelings to avoid long-term damage. She also suggested various coping mechanisms, such as deep breathing exercises and journaling, that could help us manage our anxiety. My daughter was hesitant to speak at first, but eventually, she opened up about how scared she had been during the ordeal. It was heartbreaking to hear her talk about the things that she had seen and heard, and I wished more than anything that I could take away her pain. As we talked, I realized just how much our experience had affected my daughter. She was quieter than usual, and I could tell that she was struggling to process everything that had happened. It was clear that we had a long road ahead of us, but with the help of the therapist, I knew that we could get through it. After the session, the therapist gave us a list of resources to turn to if we ever needed additional help. She also suggested that we continue coming in for regular sessions to monitor our progress. As we left the office and made our way home, I felt a sense of hope that I hadn't felt in a long time. It was comforting to know that we had someone on our side, and that we weren't alone in our struggle. As we settled in for the night, I tucked my daughter into bed and kissed her forehead. I love you, I whispered. I love you too, mom, she replied, her eyes heavy with exhaustion. I left her room, feeling grateful for the small moments that made life worth living. It was going to be a long journey, but I was determined to help my daughter heal and move forward from the darkness that had haunted us for so long. Chapter 5 It had been a few months since our encounter with Mr. Pickles, and things had started to get back to normal. My daughter was back to her old self and was spending more time playing with her friends. I had also begun to feel more comfortable in our home, and the paranoia that had once consumed me had faded. One afternoon, as I was cleaning out the closet, I stumbled upon an old photo album. It was filled with pictures of my daughter from when she was a baby, and I was transported back in time. I flipped through the pages, each image evoking a different memory. As I reached the end of the album, I came across a photo that made my heart race. It was a picture of my daughter playing with her toys, but in the background, I could see a faint silhouette of a figure that I didn't recognize. It was too blurry to make out any features, but there was definitely someone there. I stared at the photo, unsure of what to do. Could it be Mr. Pickles? Had he been there all along, even after the ritual and the cleansing? The thought sent chills down my spine. I decided to show the photo to the paranormal investigator who had helped us before. She agreed to meet with me and took a look at the photo. After a few moments of study, she shook her head. I don't think that's Mr. Pickles, she said. But there is definitely something in the photo. It's hard to say for sure what it is, but it could be a residual energy from the demon. I felt a pit form in my stomach. I had thought that we had put everything behind us, but it seemed that the past was still haunting us. 
The investigator assured me that there was nothing to worry about, but suggested that we perform a follow-up cleansing just to be safe. I agreed, not wanting to take any chances. We set a date for the cleansing, and I spent the next few days preparing for it. I was a little nervous, but also relieved that we were taking action. I didn't want to live in fear anymore. The day of the cleansing arrived, and I felt a sense of deja vu. The investigator arrived with her supplies, and we got to work. As we went through the ritual, I felt a weight lifting off my shoulders. It was as if the residual energy was being purged from our home, leaving only peace and calmness behind. After the cleansing was over, the investigator sat down with me and we talked. She explained that it was common for residual energy to remain even after a demon had been banished, but that it was nothing to be afraid of. She also suggested that I take some time to reflect on the experience and try to find closure. As we said our goodbyes, I felt a sense of gratitude towards the investigator. She had helped us get through a difficult time, and I was glad to know that there were people like her in the world. As I walked through the house, I felt a sense of lightness that I hadn't felt in a long time. It was as if a weight had been lifted off my shoulders, and I could finally breathe again. I looked at my daughter, playing happily with her toys, and felt a wave of love wash over me. We had been through a lot, but we had come out the other side stronger. And while the memory of Mr. Pickles would always be a part of us, it no longer had the power to harm us. We had overcome it, and that was something to be proud of. Chapter 6 as I watched my daughter sleep soundly in her bed, I couldn't help but feel grateful for the peace that had finally descended upon our home. The cleansing had worked, and we were able to live without the constant fear that had once consumed us. But even as I breathed a sigh of relief, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was still off. I kept thinking about the photo I had found, and the residual energy that the investigator had talked about. It was as if there was still a part of Mr. Pickles lingering in our home, refusing to let go. I tried to push the thought to the back of my mind and focus on the present. I had promised my daughter that we would have a fun day out, and I was determined to keep that promise. We had decided to visit the local zoo, and my daughter was bouncing with excitement. As we walked through the gates, I could see her eyes light up with wonder. She ran from one exhibit to the next, marveling at the animals that she had only ever seen in pictures before. We laughed and joked, enjoying the simple pleasure of being together. But even as we immersed ourselves in the joy of the moment, I couldn't help but feel like something was watching us. It was a feeling that had been creeping up on me since we had left the house, and now it was growing stronger. I shook my head, trying to dispel the feeling. I didn't want to let my paranoia ruin our day out. But as we walked through the reptile exhibit, the feeling became overpowering. I looked around, trying to find the source of the feeling, but everything seemed normal. Then I noticed something odd a man in a fedora hat was standing a few yards away, watching us intently. It was the same hat that the paranormal investigator had worn. I stared at him, unsure of what to do. He looked normal enough, but something about him seemed off. 
I couldn't put my finger on it, but my intuition was telling me that he wasn't there by chance. As we walked away from the exhibit, I saw the man follow us. He kept a distance, but I knew he was there. I decided to confront him. Excuse me, I said, turning to face him. Can I help you with something? He smiled, but his eyes were cold. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to startle you. I couldn't help but notice you and your daughter. You remind me of someone I knew once. I frowned, unsure of what to make of his words. I'm sorry, I don't understand. Who are you? He took off his hat, revealing a bald head and a scar above his eyebrow. My name is Jack. I'm a friend of the paranormal investigator who helped you with your demon problem. My heart skipped a beat. What was he doing here? Was he following us? I just wanted to check on you, he continued, his smile turning sinister. Make sure everything was okay. I felt a chill run down my spine. Something about this man didn't feel right. Thank you, but we're fine. We don't need your help. He shrugged, slipping his hat back on. Suit yourself. But if you ever need anything, don't hesitate to call. With that, he walked away, disappearing into the crowd. I watched him go, feeling a sense of unease. What was he really doing here? And how did he know who we were? As we made our way back home, I couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. It was as if Mr. Pickles was still lingering, refusing to let go of us completely. I knew I had to do something about it. I couldn't live in fear forever. I needed to confront whatever was lurking in the shadows and banish it once and for all. But the question was, how? Chapter 7 I spent the rest of the day in a haze, unable to shake off the feeling of unease that had settled in me. I kept replaying the encounter with Jack in my head, trying to decipher what he had meant by his words. As we sat down for dinner, my daughter noticed my lack of appetite and asked me if I was okay. I forced a smile and assured her that I was fine, but she saw through my facade. Mom, what's wrong? She asked, resting a hand on mine. I sighed, realizing that I couldn't keep the truth from her. Do you remember the man we saw at the zoo today? She nodded, her expression growing serious. The one in the hat? Yes, that's the one, I said. He's a friend of the paranormal investigator who helped us before. He approached me today and said some strange things. What did he say? He said he wanted to check on us, make sure we were okay, I said, my voice shaky. But something about him didn't feel right. It's like he was watching us. My daughter frowned, her eyes darting around the room as if searching for something. Do you think he's connected to Mr. Pickles? I don't know, I admitted. But I can't shake off the feeling that there's something more going on than we realize. I think we need to investigate this further. My daughter nodded, her expression determined. What do we do? 
We need to figure out who Jack really is and why he's interested in us, I said. I have a feeling that he might have something to do with Mr. Pickles, and we need to uncover the truth before it's too late. As we cleared the table and settled in for the night, I felt a sense of determination wash over me. I wasn't going to sit idly by while someone or something threatened my family. We had overcome so much already, and I wasn't going to let anyone take that away from us. The next day, I started my investigation. I spent hours searching the internet, trying to find any information on Jack. It wasn't easy, but eventually, I came across a name that seemed to fit the description Jack O'Neill, a private investigator with a reputation for being ruthless. I read through his website, which boasted a range of services, from background checks to surveillance. I couldn't shake off the feeling that something about him was off, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was. I decided to call him, posing as a potential client. He answered on the first ring, his voice smooth and businesslike. We exchanged pleasantries, and I explained that I needed someone to investigate a potential stalker. He was more than willing to help, and we arranged to meet at his office the following day. I hung up, feeling a mix of excitement and fear. I was getting closer to uncovering the truth, but at what cost? Chapter 8 I sat nervously in the waiting room of Jack O'Neill's office, my mind racing with questions. What was he really after? Was he connected to Mr. Pickles in some way? And most importantly, could I trust him? As I fidgeted with my phone, the receptionist motioned for me to follow her. I got up, my heart pounding in my chest, and made my way to Jack's office. He was waiting for me, his piercing blue eyes scanning me from head to toe. He motioned for me to sit down, and I did, feeling small and vulnerable in his presence. So, what seems to be the problem, he asked, his voice cool and detached. I took a deep breath, trying to compose myself. I think someone has been following me and my daughter. We've had some strange encounters, and I want to find out who's behind it. He nodded, his eyes narrowing. I see. And have you gone to the police? I shook my head. No, I wanted to handle it privately first. I don't want to cause a scene. He leaned back in his chair, steepling his fingers. I understand. And may I ask how you found me? Chapter 9 As I sat across from Jack O'Neill, I couldn't help but feel intimidated by him. He exuded a sense of power and control that made me uneasy. So, how can I help you? He asked, lighting a cigar and blowing out a cloud of smoke. I took a deep breath, trying to gather my thoughts. I think someone has been following me and my daughter. We've had some strange encounters, and I want to find out who's behind it. He nodded, taking another puff of his cigar. I see. And have you gone to the police? I shook my head. No, I wanted to handle it privately first. I don't want to cause a scene. He leaned back in his chair, studying me for a moment. I understand. 
And may I ask how you found me? I did some research online and came across your website, I said, feeling a sense of unease. You have a reputation for being discreet. He nodded, a small smile forming on his lips. That I do. And I assure you, I will do everything in my power to help you. I felt a twinge of doubt. Could I trust him? Something about him seemed off, but I couldn't put my finger on what it was. He handed me a contract and pen. If you're serious about hiring me, you'll need to sign this. It outlines my fees and what I can and cannot do. I looked over the contract, feeling a sense of dread. I was about to hand over control to a man I barely knew, but I didn't have any other options. I'll sign it, I said, scribbling my signature at the bottom of the page. He took the contract from me, sliding it into a folder. Excellent. Now, tell me more about these encounters. What happened? I recounted the strange occurrences, from the feeling of being watched to the encounter with the man in the hat. Jack listened attentively, his eyes never leaving mine. I see, he said, tapping his cigar ash into a nearby ashtray. It sounds like you have a stalker. And if what you're saying is true, this person is very good at hiding their tracks. I felt a chill run down my spine. The thought of someone watching us without us knowing was terrifying. What can you do to help? I asked, desperation creeping into my voice. He paused, his eyes narrowing. I have a few tricks up my sleeve. But I'll need your help. This person is smart, and I'll need access to your personal information to track them down. I hesitated. The thought of handing over my personal information to a stranger was daunting. Can you guarantee our safety? I asked, my voice shaking. He leaned forward, his gaze intense. I'll do everything in my power to keep you and your daughter safe. But I can't make any promises. I sighed, feeling trapped. I didn't have any other options. Okay. What do you need from me? He handed me a list of documents he would need, from my social security number to my credit report. I felt a sense of unease as I read over the list, but I knew I had to do it. I'll get these to you as soon as possible, I said, standing up to leave. He nodded. Chapter 10 Days turned into weeks, and weeks turned into months. Jack O'Neill had been true to his word, and with his help, we were able to track down the person who had been following us. It turned out to be a private investigator who had been hired by Mr. Pickle's family to keep tabs on us. He had been watching us for months, waiting for the perfect opportunity to strike. With the evidence we had gathered, we were able to press charges against the investigator and Mr. Pickle's family. It wasn't easy but we finally had some closure. As I watched them being taken away in handcuffs, I felt a sense of relief wash over me. It was finally over. We had overcome our demons and had come out the other side stronger. My daughter was by my side, holding my hand tightly. 
She looked up at me, a small smile playing on her lips. Are you okay, mom? She asked softly. I smiled down at her, feeling a sense of pride swell inside me. I'm okay. We're okay. And we'll always be okay. As we left the courtroom, I felt a sense of peace settle over me. The sun was shining, and the birds were chirping. It was as if the world was rejoicing with us. We made our way back home, and as we stepped through the front door, I felt a sense of nostalgia wash over me. It was the same house where we had experienced so much pain and fear, but now it was a place of healing and happiness. My daughter ran up the stairs, eager to play with her toys. I watched her go, feeling a sense of gratitude wash over me. I was so grateful for her, and for everything we had been through together. We had weathered the storm, and now we could enjoy the sunshine. As I settled into bed that night, I thought about everything we had been through, and everything we had overcome. It was a journey that had started with fear and uncertainty, but had ended with hope and love. The End We hope you enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Stay connected with us by subscribing so you won't miss the next one. Your host, Amalia Dupre, and the team at this podcast will make you sleep, wishing you a night of peaceful sleep. Sweet dreams.